This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. It's time for Speak Legal, conversations with Community Law Otago, made with the support of Law Faculty, University of Otago. And this morning we're joined in the awesome morning show studio by Georgia Woodley. Georgia, Morena, lovely to have you with us. Thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here this morning. Well, first time for you, so welcome. Thank you. Um, now, there's never a shortage of interesting uh, topics uh, to discuss in this segment, and uh, the one you bring us today is all around the laws around organ donation here in New Zealand, so we'll, uh, we'll explore that now. Um, many of us probably think, Georgia, that uh, it's just a case of when you do your, your licence renewal or application, you tick the box and that's it. But it's not as simple as that, is it? Yeah, exactly. So that's a really common misconception surrounding organ donation. I was actually having a conversation with my own mum last night who had changed her donation from no to yes. And I had to explain to her how it worked because she was under the impression that it was, you know, that was her choice and that was what was going to be followed through with. So actually, it is all governed by the Human Tissue Act of 2008 and the yes or no on your licence is merely an indication of your choice. So what actually counts is whether you have given informed consent, which is a bit more of a prickly issue than just the yes or no. And there are other choices we make too, aren't there, around our, our demise, including, you know, burial, cremation and so forth? Exactly. So that is obviously something that also happens after you die. Um, and your wish to be buried or cremated, which is usually contained in your will and communicated to your family or close relatives, um, is... The, cho- the choice you make while you're alive is what is complied with afterwards and in terms of organ donation it's a bit different because the choice is ultimately made by your family and the medical staff involved. Alright, let's take a look at what the statutes say around this. Sure, so the Act um, makes any informed consent as the fundamental principle underpinning lawful connection of human tissue from deceased people so that really means that priority is given to any informed informed decision you make while you're alive but importantly your family and whānau can consent or object to any organ donation as well Um, so to make an informed consent decision is quite onerous really on the person Um, to do that you have to either tell two people verbally that you wish for your organs to be donated or not donated or you can put it in writing Um, and you know this isn't something that many people would think about they'd just say oh well it's on my license so isn't that what's going to happen Um, but no that's not really the case so it's quite important that people are having these conversations with their family and with the people that are close to them so if they do have particular wishes that they are complied with after they pass away. So that your will is one of the places you could put it in writing? So you could you absolutely could put it in your will but generally by the time you have your will read after you've passed away the time period for organ donation has actually passed so it is better to have a separate document or communicate that verbally to your friends and family Right, and friends and family, well your family mm-hmm. still has a say, right, so you mentioned this, um, even if you've given informed consent, 
they're legally required to take into account other views. Absolutely. And so this is where the medical staff become really important in the process of organ donation. So if you have given informed consent, which is, you know, the telling two people or by writing, if there is a particular aversion to having your organs donated for cultural, personal, you know, any kind of reasons that your family have, then they, the medical staff, on principle will comply with the wishes of your family rather than your own wishes. I guess a clearer decision to make is if you have expressly said you do not want your organs used. Exactly. And so in that case, then the whole process is absolutely stopped in its tracks. So if you've said specifically and in compliance with the Act, then your organs will not be donated under any circumstances. Right. Now, we've talked about you know when we make that decision as a donor, um, can others make that decision on our behalf? So that is so in that instance, it would be if you yourself haven't either communicated your wishes properly or you haven't voiced any opinion at all. And that also includes if you have ticked yes or no on your licence because that is just an indication. In that case, you the decision is made by a nominee who is a person who's close to the deceased and they make the decision as though it is the deceased you know consenting or not consenting to the donation so that's usually uh, somebody close to them such as their parents a guardian their spouse uh, often their children as well um, so yeah, that's where it goes next if you haven't made a decision yourself. Right. So if you've made a decision uh, and you haven't appointed a nominee, then then your immediate family and Fano, and then the same thing applies in both of those two steps. Your family can still uh, object to the donation of organs. So at every step along the way, there is an opportunity for your family's views to be heard. Gosh, I can only imagine that that's a difficult choice because we're talking about family. We're talking about divergent views often within a family. Exactly, and it is it really one of the most you know hard times in people's lives as well dealing with the death of a loved one and then having prickly issues such as these come up so that's why it's really important to talk about these kind of things before you pass away if you can if you do have particular opinions about it it's really important to communicate so if there's not a collective decision from your immediate family or if it would take too long to get that for practical reasons what then then that's when your closer relatives, so not your immediate family, but your closer relatives come in. So that's, you know, your spouse, your partner, your parents, your siblings. And then, of course, it refers back to the medical practitioner as well if they do decide to harvest the organs. They have to do that with the consent of those people as well. One would hope this doesn't happen, but what if... Um organs were harvested without the appropriate process, without that consent. So the Act does outline penalties for medical practitioners who would do this. They can be jailed for up to one year or fined up to $50,000 if proper consent has not been given. So that's if the consent doesn't comply to the Act, if they haven't got it in the right method or anything like that. So it is a very serious penalty. And, of course, the Act doesn't talk about, um, you know, what will happen with the Ethics Board from a medical point of view or anything like that as well. So there are other considerations for medical staff as well. Yeah, you've talked about informed consent and, and decisions being given freely. Uh, are there other aspects of that consent that we can be specific about? For example, what 
organs are to be used for. Yes, so that's another thing that is really important to talk about. I mean, a lot of people, if they would like their body or their organs to be used for medical research, that's something that you need to think about communicating to your friends and family and whanau and all that kind of thing as well prior to your passing away. Um, And so part of the act is that the donor must be informed which means they need to have all the information that a reasonable person reasonable person could need in the situation of donating organs so that means what exactly like you say what they could be used for what the process is once you have died how the organs will be harvested how they'll be allocated that kind of thing so it is really quite a lot more complex than what people think it is. And things have to happen quite fast, don't they? <laughs> exactly. So usually it is the process is started immediately as soon as possible and that is actually governed by or well, organised by Organ Donation New Zealand, which is a 24-hour national service and they manage all of the deceased organ tissue and donations across the country. And is the trigger for that the status on your driver's license I mean why put it on a driver's license where does that is that just an initial indicator that this that you might be a candidate perhaps if emergency services staff are taking you in and saying hey we might have a potential donor here or something like that well the issue of putting on your on your driver's license is actually that it generates conversations it's something that prompts people when they're going in you know they're reaching you know, they're coming to adulthood when they're 16, 17, going in and they're renewing their licence and they're having these conversations with their parents. It's not only a prompt for young people but also for adults in their lives thinking about their own circumstances and what they would have to happen. So it serves as an indication, yes, absolutely, but it's also for generating those conversations and getting people thinking about these serious issues. For those surviving family members and immediate close friends, it it doesn't end there, does it? it? I would imagine that there is a a bit of a process for families to work through after they know that this has taken place and there might be some support around that perhaps. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's where Organ Donation New Zealand is really important as well. Not only do they do the actual coordination of donation, but they support these families for weeks, months, sometimes years after the donation has taken place. And they also are really instrumental in keeping donors' families and the people who receive the organs and tissues connected if that is something that those families want to go through. Georgia, I imagine there's a lot of listeners out there that will have learnt a lot about organ donation over the last few minutes alone. Uh, it's a little wonder that uh, that health authorities are sometimes very stretched to find the organs that they need because you know, because this is such a process and it does take some forethought. Uh, and the more we can do in advance of our own demise to be very clear and explicit about this, the better for for the use of those organs or the potential use of those organs if that's what we want absolutely and I mean it's it's a really hard thing to think about especially you know nobody wants to think about when they're going to be passing away or anything like that so it is really important to be having these conversations as soon as possible if that is something that you think you would like to do Um, and yeah it is tricky to go through the process but there are a very small amount of people that pass away that are eligible for organ donation and that is makes it even more essential to be having these conversations so there's absolutely 
as little as possible delay in the process of harvesting and donating and getting them to those people that need them the most. So, Georgia, thanks so much for bringing this topic to us for Speak Legal today. Thank you very much for having me. Community Law Otago. Free legal advice and support for the people of Otago. Visit our weekday advice clinics at 169 Princess Street, Dunedin. Clinic session times are available from the website communitylawotago.com. Ring 474-1922 or 0800-169-333 if calling from outside Dunedin. Speak Legal is made with support from the Law Faculty, University of Otago, training for life. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.